0: And now here's your host, Grand Canyon whitewater guide, yoga instructor, and master of the didgeridoo, Mandela. We are recording the trail less traveled in the Sahara Desert. We are currently at Elk's Shabi in Arak Mali Omar, and we are near the Algerian border. And I'm speaking with Maluki Otman. Maluki was born in a village 25 or 30 kilometers from where we're recording right now. Maluke learned English a little bit in school, a little bit in the movies, and a little bit practicing with others. Malouki, thank you so much for joining me on the trail less traveled. You're welcome. I hope I give you a lot of answers that you need. Maluki. Can you tell us about the village that you were born in and what you did as a child?
1: Yes, uh, first thing, thank you so much for this interview with you. I born in a small city, it's called Risani. It's about uh, 25 kilometers from here. There is a lot of small uh, small village in this in Risani. It's built by clay and woods, just clay and woods. It was a, a good child because we spent it just to play with each other. There is no technology, just playing with each other in the clay, in the streets. So I I can say that was a know some childhood with a lot of friends. There was some schools we studied and uh, after I go to the high school, it was too so far from my village, it's about eight kilometers. So we ride bikes in the morning, we go to school and we come back, then sometimes we spend about 24 kilometers per day because we go four times to school. This is how it was in my childhood. What was
0: the name of your village?
1: The name of my village is uh, Qasar Jdeed. What does that mean? It's mean like uh, the Newcastle. If we want translate it in English, it's called the Newcastle.
0: The Newcastle. Maluke, could you tell us a little bit about where we are recording this interview right now?
1: The place where we are. It's called all the place Eric be. We are here in the Sandfish Auberge, a good place <laughs> where I work right now. This place there are lots of lots of auberges around us. And there is a small village here. There are some people they live in. almost most of them, they work in those obers as drivers. So this place, we can say it's amazing because if you come to desert, first time you feel, you feel too much comfortable, feeling uh, happiness inside you because there is no much noise, there is no much light, just light of stars, light of moon. So it's a beautiful place. That's all what you can say about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, Meluke... Millions of years ago, where we are right now was underwater. Can you tell us about some of the history about this place as far as the fact that there are fossils here from when the ocean was here? Merzuga means sea within the sands. So tell us about this place millions of years ago. Millions of years
1: ago. Every place there are lots of sand then, it was a sea before. Some people who, who made fossils. They find some stones and they side again on it mm-hmm. to give us some styles, a lot of styles, because in this region, there are lots of chops of fossils. Mm-hmm. So if we find fossils here, maybe it was a sea, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure about that.
0: <laughs> Malouke, what's your background?
1: I am Arabic person. I don't uh, speak Berber language. And for me, it's better to call it Amazigh language, because I, do, I don't like this word Berber. Mm-hmm. Because in the past, it was not a good, na- a good name. So for me, I always use the word Amazigh. There are Arabic people in Morocco and the Amazigh people. I am an Arabic person. I don't speak Amazigh. Almost my friends around me, they are Amazigh people. They speak with each other and they don't understand them. Uh, so, as I told you, I like to say Amazigh people, not Berber, because uh, for me Berber, the definition of Berber, it's mean. People who are against law because uh, the first people who, get, who say Berber is French people. When Morocco was colonized by French, when there is some people like Abdelkrim Khatabi, who was a big striker, when they were uh, against French and they were fighting against them, they say to them, You are a Berber people. That means you are against law, you don't follow our rules. So for me, I like to say that my friends are Amazigh people, not Berber. Mm. What does Amazigh mean? Amazigh, it mean people which have their culture, their language. They say that they are the first people in the north of Africa. They are the real people of, of North Africa. Mm. So they say to them that you are Berber. But for me, I like to say Amazigh people, not Berber. Mm-hmm. If they are the same, but Berber is not a good word for me. Okay. I like to say Amazigh people. Mm.
0: Maluki, can you tell us about the nomad? What does it mean to be nomad?
1: What it means to be nomad? To be nomad is to have some camels and uh, some tents. You put it in camel and go f- place to other place. Put your tents and live there where you found water. When you find something to eat, when the water and it's finished, you go to another place, to a good place, to find water and you stay there. They live where they find food and uh, water. Mm-hmm.
0: In the nomadic lifestyle, water is very important. Can you tell us about the importance of water in the Sahara?
1: Yes, if you want to see how water is very important, you have to come to Sahara. Because sometimes when you are inside dunes and you have just one bottle, you have to protect that water and you don't wash your hands just for drinks. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you don't have water or sometimes when we want to go to our city, here there is not a good way, sometimes there is no much uh, cars, so you take one bottle with you to go about four kilometers on your foot to find a car to take you to your home. Sometimes uh, when uh, water is over for you, it's, I, I hope if I find just a little bit of water to drink. So when you are in desert you know how water is matter.
0: That is the voice of Maluki Otman and he was born here in the desert. We are recording the trail as traveled on location right now in the Sahara desert Maluki can you tell us about how you would find water in the desert if you were a nomad
1: in the deserts like uh, here we dig in some well it's about just uh, four or five meters and you will find water this is the solution and almost people here they do there is some villages I told you they don't have water just dig in some well mm-hmm. and they find water five or six meters and you will find water anywhere right here around here five or six meters and you will find
0: water okay yeah i just rode a camel to the sand dunes and walked up to the sand dunes and i'm wondering is there water over there if you're in the desert how do you know when you need to dig for water not over there over here yes but how do i know how i can find water (laughs) if i want to go into a camel for a couple weeks So this
1: is a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's a hard question because you go to some place where there is no much sand, when you find a hard place, then you start digging. After five or six meters, you will find water, almost place. Because here inside the dunes, there are some valley.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Valley, you know valley. Mm-hmm. Some valley, when it's raining too much, they start uh, water in the valley. So in this Valley, you can find water after four or five meters.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is you're in the Sahara Desert. There are sand dunes everywhere. But if you find a place that's more flat and hard, not sand, but hard, you should dig there for water. Yes, yes. This is what we do. And once you find the water, do you filter it or you just drink from the ground? What? Do you just drink from the ground or do you need to clean it?
1: Here we don't clean it. We don't clean it, we drink it directly, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. Of course. Maluki, I would like to ask you now about how you use the stars to navigate in the Sahara.
1: For me, I don't use stars because I don't know how to use it. I just, sometimes when I lost inside deserts, I use GPS. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, Ah, I like your honesty. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I don't use stars. Sometimes when I get camels and take them to the big dunes, and after the, sun, the sunset, it's uh, dark, they ask, how you know the way to sand fish? So I tell them, I just know the way, I don't know how. Because every day I do it, I know, because there is a proverb which says, at the practice, you make the perfect. So every day I go, I know the way, but how, I don't know. I don't use stars. No worries. Yeah.
0: Amalouke, mm. can you tell us about the sand dunes in this area? Just tell us, for someone who's listening who's n- never been to the Sahara Desert, yeah. can you paint the picture? Can you tell us what it looks like here?
1: What's look like? So if you hear a desert first time, you can close your eyes and imagine there is just the dunes and some people who don't know much about other cultures and some people who don't know a lot of, about words. But my friend, if you want to visit deserts, you will find the water You will with uh, everything you want, uh, A good panoramic views. You will enjoy, you will enjoy, I'm sure of that.
0: And tell us about the sand. The uh, sand, it gets everywhere. What do you do to protect yourself from the sand?
1: To protect ourselves from the sand, we use the scarves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, we, we use the scarves and the jalaba. Then sometimes we use sunglasses for our eyes.
0: And how do you protect your skin?
1: For skin, it protects from, from nothing. We, we don't use product, we don't use cream, we don't use it. Mm-hmm. It protects with nothing. <laughs> Just
0: close your, your jalaba and yes, your scarf. Yes,
1: yes. We close jalaba and scarf and everything is okay.
0: Malouke, can we talk a little bit about the importance of camels? Here? Okay, the importance of camels here. First thing, almost
1: uh, people from Morocco. They use milk of camels because it's too much healthy, it's expensive and it's too much healthy. So the first thing is milk of camels. A lot of people buy this product and for uh, male of camels, we use it for tourists to ride them, to take them between dunes. Females don't do that, just for babies and for milk. And the males, tourists, they ride them and they go to dunes. They take a trip of three or four days inside the dunes.
0: Well, that's really interesting, Maluke. So you're saying that the female camels are not used to be ridden? Yes even going thousands of years back.
1: Before the un you now there is a, a lot of caravans. People, they were travel from country to other, to other country by camels because they are patient, they can stay without water, without food. So in the past, they will use them for traveling. People were travel to other countries to change their products. And maybe male of camels is not enough for them, so they use females too.
0: I would like to ask you, Maluke about what you're wearing right now. Can you tell us about the traditional dress that you're wearing?
1: Traditional dress. It's desert style. Almost time we'll, we wear jalaba and uh, almost time it's blue, because blue is the, is the classical color of desert. And uh, the scarf, there are lots of colors, and anyone wants to buy his colors, he can choose the colors. But as I told you, the blue is the classical color.
0: What does blue represent?
1: Blue Blue is is the colour of the sky, is the, the classical colour of nomad. Mm-hmm. Every time if you found a nomad in picture in YouTube in Google, you will find a uh, jalab uh, blue and blue scarf.
0: Maluke, I would like to ask you where you dream of going to. What's your dream of going around the world? Do you wanna go somewhere else?
1: Somewhere. I don't care where I'm going. I just if I find the place where I find my where I find my dignity, my my dreams, um, all countries are the same for me. The country which give me my dignity, my rights, it's my real country, mm-hmm. this is me.
0: Awesome, I love yeah. that. Yeah. And Muluke, do you have any advice for the person listening, any life advice?
1: Any life advice about deserts or about Morocco?
0: Both, everything, Both. give us advice. Okay, the first thing, if you want to come to
1: Morocco, you have to take six or seven days because two or three days is not enough. So because there is a lot of place to see, panoramic view, there is desert, there is blue city, Chefchaun, Marrakech, a lot of country, a lot of cities, a beautiful place to see. So for me, if you take just three or four days, it's not enough, you will lost a lot of place to see. And if you come to Morocco, there is hospitality people and good people and a good place to see.
0: And what about life advice?
1: Life advice. Life advice is for me the first thing is to respect anyone and do what you like. Mm. Do what you like but respect others. This is the meaning of life. Respect.
0: Awesome. And Meluke, it's now time for a song. Is there any chance that you would sing or play a song for us?
1: <laughs> mm, no, no, because I have a bad voice. I don't I don't sing. I just what like drums? to Drums sometimes we play because uh, I just learned, me too, because I, I am here about 40, day, 40 days, and uh, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't good in drums, but day after day mm-hmm. I become good. At the practice you make the perfect, so this is the proverb. That's wonderful.
0: Maluke. luckily for me and you, there's a drum right there, right behind you. Yeah? Can you play that drum for us a little bit, please? <laughs> okay, we'll try. Okay. I hope you like it. We're recording the trail as traveled in the Sahara Desert, and we're speaking with Muluke Otman. He's going to play a little bit of drums for us. Before you play, Muluke, can you tell us about this drum? What's this drum called? It's called Jumbi, and this it's made from skin
1: of animals. When it's cold, it's not uh, it's not work well. So sometimes it's need fire to be more louder. Okay. Yes. Now I will play uh, a little. I hope you like. it. trail less travel on the trail 1033 recorded the location in Sahara Desert
2: G'day mate, this is Joe coming to you from the Sunshine Coast in Eastern Australia the Trail less Traveled podcast is sponsored by Desert Green Hemp Family farmed, organically grown, tested and manufactured in Sisters, Oregon. Desert Green grows some of the finest genetics in the world using organic and biodynamic practices to provide the cleanest and most effective CBD. The rich volcanic mountain soils, dry climate and directly sourced mountain spring waters are what gives Desert Green uniquely pure and powerful CBD products. They also grow a variety of herbs and flowers on their farms that not only provide a direct source for some of their products, but also introduce beneficial bugs and pollinators to their land. Desert Green Hemp pride themselves on contributing to the regeneration of social, economic and environmental health on our planet. Visit DesertGreenHemp.com and remember to use the promo code Mandela, M-A-N-D-E-L-A. This promo code will get you discounts and special offers. That promo code, Mandela, directly helps you and the future of Adventure Radio.
0: We are recording the trail as traveled in the Sahara Desert near the Algerian border. We are currently at Elks Shabi in Arg Mali Omar. I'm speaking with Ali Lamaya, and he comes from a small village, about 150 kilometers from where we are right now. He is Bedouin, and he learned English in what he says is... School of Life. <laughs> awesome. Ali, my first question for you is, where did you grow up, and how was adventure a part of your childhood? So I born in
3: a small... Uh, it's not a village, but it's like just tent. Mm-hmm. That village, it's moved. Sometimes, like, for example, whenever, if there is no rain there, so you have to move to other place where you find the grass to the animals. Mm-hmm. How I spend my child, it's, like, uh, same, you know. You have, because my father is a shepherd, he goes with the goat. And me and my other brothers, we go with the baby goat, you know, just close to, to the tent. Mm-hmm. So it's it's different than, like, in the cities. So it's for me, it's a, a really, really good memory. Mm-hmm. Like, now I hope I can go back to that moment.
0: Your family had goats. Did they have any other animals as well? Yeah, we have a a camel and goat. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. You and your brother were responsible for taking care of the baby goats. Yeah. And so did you spend all day with the goats? Yeah, um,
3: like uh, until late afternoon, from the morning until late afternoon.
0: And so what did you do while the goats were eating?
3: We play. You help your family and at the same time, you know, you play. What games did you play? We play Dama, small one, with the tree. So I have three points, like uh, rocks, okay. and he can have like three wood. When we play, if you put it like in the same way, this is the winner.
0: Ali, your family is Bedouin. Can you tell us about the Bedouin tribe?
3: So Bedouin tribe, it's like from origin, general, it comes from Yemen. But we are different, you know, than uh, Berbers uh, for single languages and also the culture, tradition.
0: Tell us about that. Tell us about your culture.
3: So our culture is, for example, uh, anything uh, at the wedding. you know, w- we are different like the, the other tribes, like a Berber. Also the clothes, it's a little bit different for the women, you know, the women, they have uh, it's depends. Sometimes it's black, sometimes it's with the other color. Different also for, like, how we play music than the Berber, you know. It's a different culture.
0: So if the Bedouin tribe came from Yemen, yeah, how did they come to Morocco? How, what was that journey that they made?
3: As you know, we know, a long time ago, it, people used a caravan. This is how they bring food from a place to other place. Because, as you know, a long time ago, it, when there was a war and...
0: Ali sitting across from you is another Bedouin man, Hamadi. Hamadi has something to say?
3: Yeah, he said just we don't know like it's because it's very long, long time ago. So we don't know why we came like our religion from Yemen to Morocco. Can you tell us about the language that traditionally you speak from the Bedouin tribe? It's like uh, Arabic, but it's slow. The accent is different, you know. We speak more slow and more uh, sweet, you know. For example, uh, when I go with my... Sometimes to the big cities, and I speak with my other friend, they don't understand me, you know. It's different, you know, than Moroccan
0: Arabic. Okay, so sitting next to you is Meluki. You speak Moroccan Arabic, and here, Ali, you speak... Bedouin Arabic. So can you guys give us a little bit of an Arabic lesson and we can learn about the differences in the languages here? Uh, classical or slang? Moroccan language. Oh, man, there's classical and there's slang. Let's do it all. Yeah,
3: let's
1: okay.
3: do it all. Okay.
1: What's
3: the name of God? What's the name of God? this
1: is slang language we mix between French words and Arabic words this is slang and for Bedouin, they talk more slow
3: Slow and also some words are not different you know we we say it with the other Accent, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we speak uh, Bedouin only with the family or with sometimes with Hamadi. Because when you go, the others the, at the street with their children, they speak only Arabic, you know, Moroccan, Mar- Moroccan dialect. So, for example, how do you say, hello, how are you in Bedouin? It's the same thing. It's to say, how are you? There is uh, many ways to say it, many different uh, words. But this is, of course, you will understand
4: it. <laughs>
3: So sometimes you say Shhalek, it's how are you, and Kidair, or Ashtari, Ashtari and Kbikher, what's going on? Everything's okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, in Arabic, in slang, Moroccan language, we say Sava. It's uh, French words, but we use it in slang, Moroccan language. Mm-hmm. Because nice. you know we were colonized by French, so our language is
0: mixed with French words. It sounds like if I were to want to learn Arabic, it would be easier for me to study with you, Ali, because in Bedouin, you speak slower.
3: Yeah, you speak slow, but if you learn it, then it's hard to communicate it with the others, like in a big city, because if you go to the other cities or to the other village, they speak only Arabic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ali, what does it mean to you to be a nomad? It
3: means like, it's how I spend my, my childhood, you know? For me, it's very, first thing that you learn from this life is hospitality, you know, to open your home to everyone, you know, yeah. What can the
0: world learn from the nomadic lifestyle? The hospitality, to open uh,
3: your home to everyone to help, you know. That's why from the different small village, you always find like uh, people nicer than the big cities, because, you know, they have been in difficult life and they understand the situation, you know, Mm -hmm. so... For example, in uh, our life, it's a person that we don't know. He comes to our home, so we give him blanket, dinner, and everything. So, And it's the same time for us. Like, when you go, in the middle of nowhere, you find a family. You go there, so they will give you, like, a blanket, food, everything. A crumb Yeah. it's like some guest come to you, you know, to, you take a good care of, of
0: him and give him all that you need. Yeah. Even if you don't know him. That is the voice of Ali Lamaya, and he is a Bedouin man who was born about 150 kilometers from where we are recording right now. And we are recording the trail less traveled in the Sahara Desert in Morocco. We are at a place called El Kshabi in Al-Mali Omar. And Ali, my next question for you is, can you tell us about the Bedouin home? about living in a tent, tell us about how it's set up and from everything from the tent, how you construct the tent to the carpets that you lay on the floor and how you make it comfortable. How do you make it a home? So first thing, you know, the tent is made from like
3: a wolf, from the camels and goat. And you know, you have a small like carpets
0: just made by hand, like family who made this. Can you tell us more about the carpets? Because carpets are pretty famous in Morocco. Do they change depending on the tribe and how long do they take to make and what are they made from and what's the story they tell?
3: So uh, about uh, the carpets, we have a, a hanbel. So what the bidwin makes a hanbel is so it's just like uh, you have these clothes, for example. You don't use it anymore. Not this one, but uh, like this one. So you, you don't use it anymore. Then you open it and you start do uh, with different colors. Mm-hmm. So you start making a, a carpet to make your 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 bed. And What's your favorite food, Ali? My favorite food, it's tagine. And also uh, because when you go travel, you have no time to make uh, like couscous or anything. We make el milla. Milla, it's um, uh, bread that we cook it in the sand. So you make like a, a fire to make uh, the sand very, very hot. So when the sand is hot, it doesn't stack on the bread. So On the bread you can put like a fat and a onion inside and then you, you cover it with the hot, blood ta- blood with hot blood sand, blood you know. Blood this blood is blood. how, you know, it's the easy way to cook your lunch. And also in the nomadic life, we only know two foods, breakfast and lunch. Dinner only like sometimes. The most important is the breakfast and lunch. What's a traditional Bedouin breakfast? only oil and tea, important. And also, for example, if there is grass and enough uh, grass for the animals, you always like have uh, milk, like camel milk or also a goat.
0: Because you said oil and tea. So what kind of oil are you gonna have for breakfast? Like most of it's olive oil. Olive oil. Yeah,
3: with the bread, you know, yeah. The
0: bread, olive oil, tea. Yeah, yeah,
3: Mm -hmm. and tea, that's the,
0: the breakfast. And then what's a traditional Bedouin lunch? lunch, it's uh,
3: gamela. Gamila, it's like a, just a, a potatoes and onion, and that's it. Sometime meat, sometime not. The meat, what we do, we don't buy it, but you know, you kill sheep for yourself, for the families, and uh, you, um, you put the spices and the salt. You put it like this so it can stay, doesn't uh, smell bad and you make like a small rope so you can put all the meats on it dry. It goes 15 days, yeah. And every time you use a little bit of meat. And also the most important is we have uh, like dates Mm -hmm. and uh,
0: milk. Wonderful. Ali, what are the spices that are the most important for the Bedouin people? Cumin and paprika
3: and salt. This is the most important. The salt is the most important than cumin, mm-hmm. only three that we know, that's very important. Because in Bedouin life, it's very far from the market. Sometimes you go one time a month, sometimes two months you don't go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you go, you buy all what you need for like a, a two months.
0: We are recording the trail as traveled right now in the Sahara Desert. And right outside the door, there's sand dunes for thousands of kilometers it's the biggest desert in the world so you are about to go out into the desert to live for a month what would you take with you what are the most important things that you would take with you into the desert right now
3: what you you're gonna take it's uh, days because sometimes in the desert for example in the summer we have a sandstorm many times it's happened to me and to other friends like when it's windy you can't cook if you have days, you can eat and wait until when it stop. So the most important is date and water. You know you will find it because uh, when you live in the desert, you always find where there is water, like well. There is an old well that uh, long time, so people used it to find the water. And of course, of course you need uh, someone to help you because uh, when you dig like about four or five meters, you need someone to take the okay. pick it up. Are you gonna bring a camel as well? It's very important, the camel, so you can transport your food and also the flour. As I told you, it's important to take it with you. So because uh, you eat it, but sometimes you want to cook, like as I told you, we call it l'milla. It's like a pizza. Mm-hmm. Later I'm going to show you the picture of this. You understand the flour to make flour. a bread and yeah, flour. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wonderful. And do you ever have to wear sunglasses in the desert or you're used to it, you're fine? No. For me, no, no. I do
4: not use ai do not use ai do not use اللي do عند use ai do not use ai for example, when it's windy, you always have to
3: be careful, you know. And also, you don't have to worry, you know. If you worry, you know, you go to this side or to this side, you gonna lost. So you always have when it's windy, you know. <clears throat> sometimes you try to do not move from where you are until when it stop. Because uh, when we speak about the sandstorm, sometimes to this door I can't I can't hear you and I can't see you sometimes. sometimes. Yeah.
0: So when it's windy, you try not to move too much because you'll lose people and you'll lose where you are. Yeah, exactly. So
3: it depends because wind, it's only wind. But sandstorm, sometimes you have to stop, you know. Mm-hmm. You have to stop until when it's... Mm-hmm.
4: But, but if you are born in the
3: desert... Then it's easy for you, even if it's windy, you always remember it. For example, this place, you see these things and you know where you are. It's not like the first time that you come there and you fail. And also there is rocks, you know, because when we speak about the Sahara, there is a mountains. For example, this side, it's rocks and the other side, it's sand. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right, well, Ali Lamaya, he was born about 150 kilometers from where we are recording the trail As traveled right now. We are recording in the Sahara Desert in El Shabi Ag Mali Omar. Ali, I'm very interested in celestial navigation. Can you tell us a little bit about using the stars to navigate the desert?
3: We're using stars, it's uh, always like the most star is at the north. The north, how you know where you are. And also for to know sometimes what times. We know it about our shadow, the shadow, you know, you know, if it's middle day or...
0: By looking at your shadow?
3: Yeah, your shadow, you know, you know what time is it, if it's one or two, you know.
0: All right, well, Ali, what advice on life do you have for us?
3: Life advice, you know, just be happy and... uh, I can't find the word in English, you know, even in Arabic, you know. Even in Arabic, I, I, I can't find the word to say it. Just be happy and... Also in Arabic, I can't find the word for this to give. It's in, in my heart, but the, to,
0: to say it, it's... Even in Arabic, I don't know what to say. And then do you have any advice for someone who wants to travel to Morocco? What would you say to them? Uh, I'm going to say,
3: uh, welcome to Morocco. And I'm sure when they come, they're going uh, to like it, you know and we are very open uh, people in Morocco. We also try to share our culture with them and to discover like nomad life and to discover the desert and tribes in Morocco.
0: Can you end your show with a song? Sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, but you want it with the, the rams yeah. the drums, yeah. Maybe everyone can join in and sing. What's this drum that you're gonna play? So this is a jambé. What we're gonna play,
3: it's Ligdera. Like there, it's uh, when someone, like uh, when we have a wedding, so all the boys, they do circle, and only one who play the, the the drums, and the other one, they clap. Yeah, they clap. So, and when we play, because this is how the girls, they get married, you know? So always one girl, she cover all her face and dance in the middle, yeah. the trail less travel recorded a location in Sahara Desert and the trail 1023 oh,
0: we are recording the trail less traveled on location in the Sahara Desert in North Africa I'm sitting here in a nomad camp we are at Elk Sabi in Arg Mali Omar I'm here with Maluke Otman and Hamadi Teknant. Maluke is going to translate for us. Hamadi is a Bedouin man who was born in the desert about 150 kilometers from where we are recording right now. Hamadi is an expert in how to survive in the Sahara. I'm going to ask him about navigation, food, water, camels, and the like. And then Maluke will translate for us. So first of all, Sukran, Hamadi, thank you so much for your time and energy joining me here today in the Sahara Desert for the trail us traveled.
1: Yes, it welcome. You can ask what you want.
0: Hamadi, my first question for you is where did you grow up and how was adventure a part of your childhood?
1: He burned in the desert and all his childhoods
0: were in the desert. Tell us about being a child in the desert.
4: Okay, Hamad said that uh, all his
1: childhood were in desert. He just got with uh, sometimes camels to find food and he didn't study. Just uh, playing with friends and uh, take camels to find food.
0: Can you tell us about the Sahara Desert? Tell us about how big the desert is and what it looks like for someone who's never been here before.
4: سير الشهر فيها بعض المرات العجاج بعض المرات تكون جو فيها النجوم ستارز فيها بعض الليالي كيكون القمر فول و في المرات كتكون الربيع كتكون زينه و كتكون الكسيبه زينه و بعض المرات الجفاف عاد كيكون تاكل
1: uh, big dunes of sand there is camels there is people who live inside sometimes it's so much windy sometimes it's rainy sometimes there is a lot of grass a lot of trees there is a lot of food for camels and for sheep sometimes there is no water there is no food so it's hard for camels to live and for animals to live sometimes that's why nomad people have to live from place to other to find food and to find the grass there is clear stars there is no much noise it's a wonderful place there is sometimes full moon uh, as today and there is a hospitality people, even. There is some place to spend summer, some place for winter to protect yourself.
0: We are recording the trail as traveled here in the Sahara Desert in Morocco. And I'm speaking with Ahamadi Teknant. He was born in the desert about 150 kilometers from where we are right now. And Maluke Otman is translating for him. Hamadi, I'd like to ask you now about how you navigate in the desert when you're traveling a long distance.
1: Hamadi knows the way with the stars and he of stars.
0: Okay, so I'm sitting here and I'm wearing this compass around my neck. And I was told that this compass made out of silver has many different designs and that it is used by the tribes of the Sahara to navigate via the stars. Is this used by the Bedouins?
4: not the the the, morning, the, 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 the Okay, he said,
1: for now, people, we don't use much stars. But uh, all the people, they were following stars. At the night, they follow stars. And when they want to sleep, they put some marks as uh, some stones. And then when they wake up morning, they know the way because they put these markers at night because uh, in the morning there is no stars. Mm.
0: So you're saying that they'll navigate using the stars at night and then when they want to go to sleep, they'll put some stones on the ground so that they know what direction they were going or what is north, south, east and west. Yes. Okay. Hamadi, can you tell me about the Bedouin tribe and how they are different than the Tuareg and Berber
4: Okay, he said that
1: uh, Bedouin people they talk Arabic language, but it's a little different from Arabic because you know there is a slang language of Arabic and Amazigh people they speak their language, it's Amazigh. It's a little different, uh, it's close to Amazigh, but uh, different. But uh, Tuerg and uh, Bedouin, they are nomads. Almost of them, they are nomads. But uh, Arabic and Amazigh people, they they are not.
0: That is the voice of Meluke Otman. He is translating for us today for Hamadi Teknant. We are recording the trail less traveled on location in the Sahara desert. And Hamadi, who I'm speaking with, was born in the desert about 150 kilometers from where we are recording right now. My next question for Hamadi is, what does it mean to you to be a nomad?
4: Okay, he said
1: it's wonderful to be a nomad because there is no one close to you just you and your family there is no one to bother you there is no much noise you live freedom and there is a natural place sometimes you find a good place a natural place so it's so wonderful to be a nomad there is no noise you live a good life you don't need others to live just yourself and your family you strike and you fight life to stay alive
0: wonderful Hamadi, my next question is can you tell us the importance of water for you as a nomad in the desert and how do you find water in the
4: Zahara? <laughs> he said water is very very important for nomad
1: people and for all the world but only nomad people know how much is important water because other people they have in their home every place there is water so they don't know how important but for nomad it's too much hard. Sometimes uh, how Hamadi find water, it's in the river Dagen, somewhere in the valley, about six, seven meters, then you find water. And uh, in the winter, you can work a lot to find water. Sometimes it's about uh, 30 or 40 kilometers looking for water, uh, just going to look for water because it's cold. You can't be thirsty fastly, but in the summer, just about 15 kilometers looking for water, then you, you come back to your tents because if you go more, you will die.
0: Hamadi, what can people around the world learn from the nomadic lifestyle?
4: Hamadi said life in this is a little
1: bit hard. If you be a nomad, you will be a patient person. If you be a nomad, you can't compare your problems with a nomad person. If you come to the desert, you will see that your problem is nothing. Your problem is nothing because nomads' uh, life is so much hard. You have to be patient a lot if you want to live in deserts.
0: desert. Hamadi, have you been to the big city and do you like it?
4: I don't I don't like it.
1: Okay, Hamadi said that he doesn't go to other cities. They go sometimes if any one of his family is sick or if there is uh, someone die, he has to go to other cities to see their family. But he doesn't go to other cities just to see or to enjoy. Wonderful.
0: Hamadi, can you give us some advice on
4: life? <laughs> Hamadi said, just follow the rules and fear nothing.
1: Follow the rules and fear nothing. Just go, respect others, and do what you
0: like. Hamadi, is there any chance that you would play a song for us?
1: No, no, Hamadi can't sing.
0: What's his favorite song? Uh,
1: He loves desert style, desert music style. Okay. They play on drums, the and there is uh, some of them, they play guitar. Like desert. Right. It's like a rock. It's a Moroccan style. Like Tinarewin. Tinarewin, yes.
0: Assalamu alaykum, Mandela here, your host of The Trail Less Traveled. Tonight's episode was recorded in the Sahara Desert on the border between Morocco and Algeria. This episode was recorded in an nomad camp near some of the highest sand dunes. The Sahara Desert, As-Sahara Al-Kubra, the Great Desert, covers an area of 3,600,000 square miles. The Sahara is the largest hot desert in the world, comparable to the area of China and the US. The name Sahara is derived from a dialectal Arabic word, Sahara, meaning desert. For hundreds of thousands of years, the Sahara has alternated between desert and savanna grassland in a 41,000-year cycle caused by the precession of the Earth's axis as it rotates around the sun, which changes the location of the North African monsoon. The area is next expected to become green in about 15,000 years. I'd like to thank my guests for this evening for making the time to share their culture and some of the details about how they survive the sandstorms, the importance of dates and camel milk, how to find water, and how to utilize celestial navigation. The Trail Less Traveled airs every Sunday evening at 6 Mountain Time. You can stream the show live online at trail1033.com. You can also follow the show as it's recorded on location around the world and view all of the show archives at Traveled.net. The podcast is also free and available on all podcast platforms. If the show has ever transported you, please consider writing us a review to help this new genre of adventure radio. My name is Mandela, your host of the Trail Less Traveled. And it's my intention to document culture around the world before it's lost by collecting stories and sounds from the most remote locations around the world. My adventure tip this week regards traveling in the Sahara. All of my nomad friends disregard the importance of sunglasses, and I doubt you will ever find a nomad who wears sunglasses. That said, for someone with fair skin and blue eyes, it's not a bad idea to invest in old-school glacier goggles that have leather that will cup the lenses onto your face. This will protect as well as blocking sand from getting into your eyes during a sandstorm. The camels that you may be riding in the Sahara have two sets of eyelashes on three eyelids. Humans don't, so it's not a bad idea to invest in really good glacier goggles when traveling in the Sahara. There are many more tips that I could share with you in regards to surviving in the Sahra, in the great desert. So please don't hesitate to contact me for any and all travel advice or just to chat. You can contact me at traillesstravel.net. That's it for this week's adventure, my friends in Missoula and around the world. But until next week, please do something for Mother Earth and get outside. Shred the gnar. Because as you know, the gnar does not shred itself. But wait, there's one more thing. I invite you to join me at the Roxy Theatre on January 28th at 5.30pm for a multimedia presentation called Nomad. I'll be talking about guiding whitewater in the Atlas Mountains and chasing water into the Sahara Desert. The event is part of the International Wildlife Film Festival Presents and all proceeds are donated to the International Wildlife Film Festival, which started here in Missoula 43 years ago. So I hope to see you on January 28th at 5.30pm, and you can get tickets at the Roxy Theatre. After my presentation, we're going to be screening the film Anthropocene, which is a cinematic meditation on mankind's re-engineering of the planet. This is a film that I feel it's important for every human being who calls Mother Earth home to see. I hope to see you there. Thanks for considering, and have a wonderful evening.